Thank you for joining us for this recent message from Freedom Ministries in Crossit, Arkansas. Connect with us online at freedomministriescrossit.com and let us know what God is doing in your life through this ministry. Now prepare your heart to hear a word that we pray will bless your life. God, we just thank you, Jesus. We give you praise. We magnify your name. We glorify you, Lord. You are worthy of all praise. The King of kings and the Lord of lords, Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. God, I thank you that you told us last week to put on the whole armor of God and that you're opening our eyes to see what that means. Put on the whole armor to stand against the wiles of the enemy. Put on the whole armor, church, to stand against. You want to stand and then stand? Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand. So if I don't have my armor on, I can't stand. I'm going to fall. I'm going to be ran over. I'm going to be trampled on and destroyed. But if I put my armor on, and we're going to read it in Ephesians 6, we'll start right here with verse uh, uh, 10. It says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Not my own strength. We were talking to people Sunday that that struggle, you know, to get off of a different addictions. And they say, the world don't want me no more because I don't want to get high and do my pills and do this and that. But the church world don't want me either because I, I, I still do it sometimes. So who's going who's gonna to accept them? Who's going to draw them in? Who's going to help them? He says to be strong in the power of his might. So we try to teach them that it's not their own strength that's going to keep them free. It's through the Holy Ghost. Romans says, what, what's going to deliver me of this wretched man that I am? He says the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going to take me out of all these things. And I found out in my own life, the more time I spend with God, the less of the world that I want. The more time that I spend praying, seeking in his word, worshiping, the less of anything else that I want. It just makes me, I have to get up in the morning and say, okay, let me let me do these clothes. Let me do this. Let me make sure Tim's got supper at, at five. Or let me, let me make sure, and I can't wait. It's like a kid ready to go play basketball or ready to go play baseball or they're Barbie dolls. I can't wait. I do my chores and then I get to go meet God. And so God will bring us to places that we never thought we could be. I was sharing with them today in prayer that that uh, I remember. Some of you may remember the, the book that came out, Could You Not Terry, One Hour. And I remember Mama was trying to, uh, way back in the day, trying to teach on prayer and it was before we ever had this church. And and she said, okay, could you not tear but one hour? And I, I didn't know how to do that. So I looked up the Lord's Prayer, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And I said, okay, God, so I start with this. Our Father, hallowed be thy name. And 15 minutes seemed like 15 hours to me. I, I didn't know much less an hour. I said, God, I don't even know how I can do 15 minutes a day. Because I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know how to get into the spirit. But I know God, he hears our prayers. He hears the cries of his people. And when we're seeking him, when we're searching him, we want more. He sends somebody to teach us. He sends somebody to show us that there's more. And so when my pastor, Aline Pinson, started teaching me how to pray, 
I remember me and Lisa Streeter, we, before she ever became pastor even, we went to her and we said, would you teach us to pray? Would you teach us to pray? We didn't know it was in the Word of God that the disciples saw the miracles that Jesus did, and they said, Lord, would you teach us to pray? They didn't say, teach us how to do this miracle, teach us how to win 5,000 souls, teach us how to, for the blind eye to see. They said, Lord, would you teach us to pray? Because they saw him go into prayer. They saw him go away for the night or go sit in the wilderness by himself or go over here by a tree. And they saw their masters. They saw what he did. And when he got up, the blind saw, the deaf heard, the captive were set free. There was recovery to the blind. There was there was miracles because I don't know if y'all know, but deliverance is a miracle because you can't get to the root of a problem without the Holy Ghost. You might think you know in your mind what the problem is, but the Holy Ghost has to take us there. He said every every hidden thing will be brought to light. So whenever I'm praying with people, I don't just assume what the problem is by their actions. I don't just assume they're an addict. I don't just assume they're adulterous. I don't just assume that they're they're a thief. I say, God, we just ask you right now, God, where does where did this come in them? And we get to talking, and we go deeper, and we go deeper, and we go deeper, kind of like peeling that onion till you get to the pearl of that onion. And if you can ever get to the root of that tree, the Bible says that the tree will lay there. If you when the axe is laid to the root of it, it will lay there. So if you want to be completely free of the very reason that you ever did anything, any kind of thing that displeased the Lord, if you get to the root and you and you and you cast it down, and then you can get up and and uh and that thing won't come back anymore because you have the uh, armor on. And I'm going to share in a minute. We've heard these scriptures, but I'm going to break them down a little more. But but you have your armor on. He said, put on the whole armor of God. Ephesians six tells us in verse 11 put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil so it's not my armor it's not my control it's not my strength it's not my ability it's not my knowledge it's his armor and see can't no weapon stand against his armor they might take me out in the ring they probably would but they can't take him out hallelujah when you realize this is the kind of armor that you got on you can stand against any foe. You can stand against any enemy. You can stand against religion that's hitting you in the face with your do's and don'ts. You can stand against the witches. You can stand against uh, principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness. You can go to Africa and face those those mermaid demons where they try to take us. That this is where all the witches of the mermaids come and worship the thing under the water, and they really believed in that. You can stand against all those things only if you put your armor on. Somebody said, I got to put my whole armor on. I can't have uh, a breach in my armor. I can't have a crack in my armor. And so we're going to look at this word right here. He says, 6 verse 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil that you may be able to stand against his tricks and, and his devices. And so verse 12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. 
he said in this world. So all of this, these things that people think they don't have to do anything. They just going to ride through life and go to heaven. He says, he says we wrestle, but we don't wrestle against flesh and blood or against principalities or powers or rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. He says it again. Don't think you can defeat the enemy with half an armor on. Don't think you can just take part of the armor and say, I'm going to put this on, but I ain't going to read the word. Don't think you can just be all word and no spirit and think you're going to win this battle. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in that evil day and having done all to stand. Have you ever felt like you can't stand anymore, that you just feel so overwhelmed that you can't take another thing? Well, that armor is supposed to deflect all those things off of us, but we got to put it on. Amen. Stand, therefore, having your loins, the first one, he said, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. So let's look at um, let's look at our loins and see what he's talking about. He's saying that that he says that first that you have to have a foundation of the word. You got to have your loins girt about with the word of God, which is truth. He said the truth's gonna set you free. So part of my armor is getting in my word, and and the word's gonna help us to stand. If we don't have the word on. Those uh, attacks will get so strong that they will break us down. If you don't have the word in your life, then there's no battle, a spiritual battle, that you can win and not fall apart eventually because it's eventually going to break you down. You have to have the word. Somebody said, my loins are girt about with the spirit of truth. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And he says, we have on the breastplate of righteousness. That's his righteousness righteousness of god a breastplate of righteousness is guard it's a guard around the breast and the heart so i that breastplate of righteousness guards me against the enemy that's coming against my relationship with god when i have the breastplate of righteousness on i'm clothed in his righteousness and my heart is guarded against all the uh, devices that the enemy comes against to try to get in my heart so uh, righteousness is right standing with God. It's keeping myself right with God. I'm not saying perfect that I don't ever make a mistake, but my heart's right with God. We all know if there's something in our heart that's not right. We know if there's unforgiveness or we know if there's uh, things in there, envy and strife and bitterness. And we may not know where they came from, but we do know it's in there. He says, to guard your heart with all diligence because out of it comes the issues of life. So that breastplate is there to guard your heart. Amen. And then he says uh, that our feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. When they put the the uh, shoes on them like a soldier, those shoes can go up into the high mountains and the high places to fight, and they go up. It protects all the way up to their kneecaps. So he says they're going prepared. They're ready to fight. They're ready to war. Feet are shy with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And I also see it that I don't go somewhere where I'm not prepared. I don't just go show up at 6 o'clock and expect to win the ball game and have never practiced. I don't just stand up somewhere to preach and have never prepared. I, I seek God's face. I'm prepared. My feet are shy with the preparation of the gospel of peace whether he uses that or uses something else, then I'm, but I'm still ready and I'm prepared. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. 
we give you praise for it. Stand firm. When our feet are shod, we stand firm. And then we go to um, verse 16, above all. He says above all these other ones. Take the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. So when these arrows are hitting us, what are we coming back with? When these arrows are, are, you know, this one's saying that and this one's doing that and mother-in-law won't let us see our see our own our own kids because just, just different things are hitting us, what are we fighting back with? We have to get a word from God. That word, faith, he said, I give to every man a measure of faith. So it's not something that I work up. It's something that God put in me and that I seek him and that he gives me a word over. Most of the, the scriptures in here, if not every one of them, when it says word, it means rhema word. It means rhema word. We know we got the logos and the rhema, but he's saying you want your armor on, you better get your rhema word from God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for the shield of faith. Thank you, God. In verse 17, we take the helmet of salvation, and the, and the helmet of salvation is my salvation, and it's my mind being renewed with the word of God. The Bible says that we're sealed by the Holy Spirit. So when the enemy tells you you're not a Christian, tell him that I'm sealed by the Holy Ghost. Um, when something's sealed, you can't get in it. So you can't have my salvation. You can't. I have the helmet of salvation on, and my mind's being renewed daily in the Word of God, in the Spirit of truth. Amen. And I cast down every thought to the obedience of Christ, every high thing that exalts itself against the obedience of Christ. I bring it into subjection through that renewing of that mind. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise for the helmet of the of salvation that's upon our life. And then he says, uh, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We see again the Word of God. Now, a sword, those swords were two-edged swords. And the Bible says the Word of God is quicker and powerful than a two-edged sword, and it pierces and divides the soul from the Spirit. So, this right here is talking about two mouths. It's when God speaks a word to you and you speak it. That's the sword of the Spirit. When God speaks a word to me and he says, your son is a psalmist, and I speak that out, I just my armor just hit everything the enemy wanted to throw at Caleb's life. I said, God said, he's a psalmist, so that's a two-edged sword. Hallelujah. It's my mouth and God's mouth. God, we thank you for that word. God, we thank you for that revelation. Now, let, why do we have to put on the whole armor of God? Let's go look at Job 1, and we'll just see. Why do we even need an armor? Because some of us knew to put on a personal armor, but we didn't know to put on a corporate armor. And then when you go to the nations, you need a universal armor. Hallelujah. So put on the whole armor of God. I've got the whole church. We're praying every day every day of the week because we need the whole armor on. We don't need any cracks in our armor. So we took it to a corporate level. Amen. Job's 1 verse 7, it says, um, thank you, Jesus. It says, And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou not considered hast thou considered my servant Job? And there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that fears God, and he don't like evil. And and, and Satan answered him and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Hast not thou made a hedge about him and about his house? 
see, God had an armor around Job, had a hedge up. Has God not made a hedge about Job and about his house and about all that he had on every side? So if God has a hedge around Job and he tells us to put his armor on, on every side, that nothing can get in from four different directions. Nothing can get in my mind. Nothing can get in my soul. Nothing can get in my heart. Nothing can get on my feet. Nothing can get anywhere because I have his armor on, not my armor. Hallelujah. Has not thou made a hedge about him and all that he has in his substance? And he said, if you'll let me take that hedge off, he said, we'll see how much he loves you. We'll see how much Job wants you when when he don't have that hedge on him. That's what the devil came and challenged that. He challenged that armor. And so God, the the hedge was removed. And uh, verse 13, it says, and there was a day when Job's sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in the eldest brother's house. And there came a messenger, said the ox were plowing and the donkeys feeding. And the Sabaeans fell on them and took them away and have slain. They have slain all the servants with the sword. And then we go to verse 16. While he was yet speaking, there came also another. See, another. It came a different direction. Have you ever had stuff hit you from five different directions at one time? That's what happened to Job. His was pretty severe, but maybe yours is. Okay, something happened. Somebody hit you today, and then you get home, and your check don't come. You got to wait two more weeks, and then... So-and-so's mad about this and something else hits you. They ain't coming to church no more. And Five different, coming another way. How could it come another way? Because there was no hedge about him. There was no armor protecting him. So if you want a church and you want to be protected, you're going to have to have the corporate armor up. You're going to have to have a prayer army. And uh, like we just prayed for Mr. Powell, you know, she goes to Africa a prayer army backing her up. She's not going on her own. Amen. Dr. Sorella is not going on his own all around the world into these uh, high uh, principality places where the, where most Christians won't even go and raising up an army. He is going with an army, four million army strong, backing him up. So if he has to have it, then how much more do we have to have it? So the charge is to wake up the saints because Jesus was in the garden and he said, can you not pray with me one hour? Can you not pray with me one hour? And they kept falling asleep. So God, we thank you for for provoking us today and encouraging us to pray. So it was coming in another place. In verse 16, it says, it came another place. The fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and servants and consumed them. And this this, uh, messenger is the only one that escaped. Verse 17, while he was still speaking, you ever been hit and then somebody else came before they could even get that out of their mouth? While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said that these these are coming against you. And they fell on your camels and carried them away and slain your servants with the edge of the sword. And I'm the only one that escaped to tell you. And while he was yet speaking, there came another. And the sons and my daughters were eating and drinking and there came a great wind on the wilderness and smoked the four corners of their house and it fell on the young men and they're dead. I'm, I'm the only one that escaped to tell you. What did Job do when this came and hit him in all different directions? The same thing we got to do. Maybe you're there and you don't have that army backing you up. Stay close to your church. Stay close to your pastor. Come together in unity. Be in one mind, one accord. Don't think you can go off and do things on your own because when you do... The wolf's coming. The wolf's coming for that one. 
But when, when he's under a shepherd, the shepherd watches out for the sheep if they're a true shepherd. So find you a true shepherd, one that can see before the wolf can ever get to you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise for those now on the line, God, that they don't know where to submit to. They don't know where to be planted. You said in Psalms that he that's planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. God, I thank you that you said that they will be bearing fruit in their old age. God, I thank you. I speak into these lives now that don't know God. I'm asking for clear direction, for clarity into their heart, for you to speak to them, that they would lay down all religion, that they would lay down if they like this color or that color or male or female, because you said there's male, neither male or female or Jew or Greek, God. But they would get under the shepherd after your heart like David was after your heart. He was a man after God's own heart. God, and they made fun of him, and they talked about him, and they said he was radical because he danced his clothes off. But God said he was a shepherd after his heart. And I speak forth in the atmosphere that we find that shepherd and we submit, God. We find that overseer and we get under them. We get under their protection. We walk with them under an umbrella so we have an umbrella, God. I thank you, Jesus. We walk under an umbrella, then we walk with authority. We walk with them, then we have authority. God, I thank you for the centurion, how he knew this. He knew this revelation. He was a man with authority, but he walked under authority. And he told Jesus, I know how authority works. He said, you don't even have to come to my house. Just speak the word, and my servant will be healed. God, I thank you that when we submit under authority and we're in the right place at the right time, blessings flow into our lives. Showers of blessing come down upon us and upon our seed. God, I thank you that the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. I thank you that we teach our children submission to authority. We teach them line upon line, precept upon precept. We get in order, God. We don't do this and that and everything else and run around like chickens with our head cut off, pecking around with chickens, God. We fly with the eagles. We eaglelets just wanting to fly with an eagle, God. But in order to fly with an eagle, I got to do what an eagle does. God, I just give you praise. I thank you, God, that the eagles through the land, they soar with you. They soar on high, God. But I know that if they're an eagle, they submitted to authority. And I'm just asking for wisdom and knowledge and understanding of you, that we get in the right place in the right time to prosper in our ministries, God, so we can go forward and we can be everything that you called us to be, God, that we can... When we get to heaven, that book that you wrote for us, that we completed the task that was in it, the the purpose for our lives. I speak purpose into this atmosphere, God. I speak plans. God, you say you're a God in Jeremiah 29, 11, that you know the thoughts that you have toward us, plans that prosper us, to give us a hope and a future and an expected end. God, I just thank you. We're not just running around here not knowing what we called to do that someone is speaking into our life, a spiritual father, a spiritual mother is speaking into our life and giving us order, God, and confirming the things that you've already told us, God. I ask for a prayer covering over these people's lives, Lord. I ask that their pastors, God, that, that you would get them up out of their sleep, that you would get them up on the edge of their bed, that they would become a shepherd like David, God, that was in the in the field when nobody even knew who he was and he was tending to the sheep when they didn't even think he was a candidate to be a king, God, when his own father didn't believe in him, you believed in him and sent Samuel to pour the oil upon his head. And he rose up, God, to be one of the greatest kings 
one of the greatest shepherds, one of the greatest prophets, one of the greatest men of God and wrote the whole book of Psalms. God, I just give you praise. He's the one that we go by. When we learn how to worship, we see how David did it. When we learn how to pour our hearts out to you, we see how David did it. When we learn repentance, we see how David did it. He said, God, I acknowledge that I sinned against you. I repent. I'm sorry. Forgive me of my sin. He didn't hide his iniquities. He didn't cover up his sin. He confessed it, and God forgave him. And he rose up, and he went to the higher places with God. He sat in the heavenlies, and he rode on wings of eagles' wings. And, God, you said you bore us up and carried us. When we can't carry ourselves, you carry us on those eagles' wings, and you brought us out. Some of us are out of bondage. Some of us are out of religion. But we're not planning yet. We don't know where to go. We don't know what to do, God. I speak that knowledge into their hearts that they have a knowing, that they have a knowing right now, God, of who they're supposed to submit to, that that submission comes upon their lives and they surrender their life completely and totally to Jesus Christ, but also under one of his shepherds. God, I just thank you for that word today. I just call the sheep. You said you wished that you could gather us as hens, but we didn't want it, God. God, you gather us for a reason, so we'll have a covering over our life. It's not that we don't have power. It's not that we don't can't preach or we can't teach. We need a covering, God, because we need a hedge. I need a hedge around me, God. That's why I stay submitted. I stay surrendered. God, that's how you set it up. You set it up so we would need each other. You didn't set up us to be independent and not need anybody. And you didn't set us up to think we could do everything in our own strength, God. You set us under authority so we know we can be part of a body and we can be joined together and we can be one. We can be in perfect unity. And so you can... Um, so we be established, so we grow, and we're always abounding. We be settled, God. I come against that spirit that says it doesn't have to submit. I break that rebellion out of the lines. I break it out of the atmosphere, that spirit that thinks it rose above its master. The word of God says no servant is above its master. That one that's always talking back, God, that one that's always arrogant, the one that's high-minded and thinks everybody else don't know anything, we pull you out of the churches, we pull you out of the atmosphere, and I command you to fall and go to the ground and humble yourself. You humble yourself and you'll be exalted in due time. Yonde, yonde, I'm talking to me too. Yonde, Laba, we humble ourselves, and God said, I will exalt you. He said, I raise one up and I put one down. Hey, I want to be raised up. I don't want to be put down so another's raised up in my place. There was a time in my life where I walked out of my authority. I said, I, I ain't going no more, God. She can have them all. I'm not going. I had offense with me, and I wasn't coming back. And I was riding down the road, and this is this is what I saw. I, I parked in this place, and I saw there was a big field in front of me, and I saw four demons coming from all four directions and they were coming after me and the hedge had been lifted it had been lifted off my life so don't take for granted when your mothers and your fathers have prayed for you don't take for granted when your shepherds are or want to help you don't think you know everything and you can't ever learn anything 
we need to tweet that. <laughs> Don't think you know everything and you can't learn anything. The day I stop learning, I think I've become stupid. Talking to me. The day I stop learning, I think I've become stupid. Dr. Mike Murdoch says that um, that there's no reason for ignorance. There's too many books out here. And the Bible says my people perish for lack of knowledge. So I have to I have to understand. I can't just keep going around saying I don't need that. I ain't got to do that. I'm already this. I'm already that. Everybody knows. I already know what I'm doing. Okay. Well, show me some fruit. Bible says you know them by their fruit. You show me the fruit, and then I can see where you are in the spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise. We glorify your name. We see where they were coming from every direction when there was no hedge. And it wasn't God coming. It was the enemy coming and trying to destroy Job. But we see what Job did, God. We see that he rose up, and he said in verse 20, Then Job arose and rent his mantle. See, he didn't try to act all bad right there. I got this mantle. I got this. I, I got this. Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped. Hey, what do you do when they're coming all different directions? Fall on the ground and worship God. Hallelujah. We know Nebuchadnezzar, he thought he done everything. He said, this stuff I did. This stuff I built. I, 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 I. Every time there's an I in there, we got to check ourselves or we wreck ourselves. What Charlotte says, I got to check myself or I wreck myself. So Nebuchadnezzar winded up on the ground with his fingernails so long, clawing the dirt because God said, you're going to see who built this. Until you learn who built this, then you're going to stay on that ground. Hallelujah. I don't want to get down that low. I want God to, I want him to be the king of kings and the Lord of lords and the, the supreme authority in my life. And I want to do what he says. Amen. Job arose and ran his mantle and shaved his head and fell down on the ground and worshiped. If you got a problem falling on the ground and worshiping, then you still got a little pride in there. And verse 21, it said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked I can return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord hath taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. His children just all died at the same time. And he blessed the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. God, I thank you for this example, Lord, of this man that loved you with his whole heart. And all this Job sinned not, verse 22, nor charged God foolishly. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise for this man of honor, this man that that lived in the deepest despair, and it came forth as pure gold, God, and you gave him back double of everything. You said when the thief is found out, he's got to give back sevenfold. God, you said that the thief, he's got to give it back, Lord. We just give you praise. You said he's, he, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy, so we, we know what he comes for. But we build a hedge. We put on our whole armor, God, and not just saying words. We literally do it. We don't just read these scriptures. We get in the word. We get rhema words. We praise. We worship. We put on our helmet. We renew our mind. We, our loins are guarded about with truth. Our feet are shod with the preparation. So I'm in season and out. If someone needs something from me, I have something to give. If they come and need fruit, there's some fruit there, Lord, that they don't find bareness. They don't find emptiness. They don't find 
my problems, pour it on their problems, God, but they actually can eat some fruit. God, I thank you for raising this army up, this army that you called in these last days, Lord. This army that you said this spiritual force is going to be a force to be reckoned with. This spiritual force that's going forth through the land is coming forth out of the army of God. It has been raised up in these last days for such a time as this. It has been raised up to call forth the souls into the kingdom of heaven, translated out of the kingdom of darkness. It is This army is going forth to win its world. It's to win its world for Jesus Christ. God, we thank you for this army. We lift the army of God up. We know that you're continually raising it. You said to our mentor, to our apostle, Dr. Marcella, build me an army, God. And this army is going forth through the land, marching as it goes. God built an army, marching through the land, deliverance is our song, healing in our hands. God, I thank you, Jesus, that we meet our soldiers on the road and we know who we are in you. We know, God, because we are suited up. We're suited for battle. We're ready for war. You taught our hands how to war, God, and it's not a superficial surface uh, relationship. It is really being a soldier for Jesus Christ. You didn't just tell us to die daily. You didn't just tell us to lay it all down. You didn't just say, if you lose your life, you'll gain it. God, you told us that if we're buried with you, then we're raised with you, God. If I lose my life, I gain it. If I'm crucified daily, God, I'll be crucified and Christ live through me. That I'm no more, that it's all you coming through me, God. But you said that to us for our benefit because when we realize that, when we know we're in the army of God, when we know we, we are suited and ready for any battle that would try to hit us, then all of a sudden this armor and the shield of faith, when the shields come together in unity and one mind, one accord, and they clink together, then there's no way something could get in in any direction, God. When we help one another, when we become in unity, when they know that we're his disciples by our love for one another instead of our tearing apart, you said a wise woman builds her house. She don't tear it down, God. The coming together, the unity of the faith until we all come into a perfect man and mature in you, God. I thank you, Jesus, for raising up men and women, children, Lord. I thank you that our grandchildren are speaking forth the word of God. They're speaking forth prophecy. You said our sons and daughters are prophesy, God. Our young men will see visions and our old men will dream dreams. God, I thank you for your word, God, pouring out your spirit upon all flesh in these last days. I thank you for the army across the land, God. I thank you that we build a hedge. We build a hedge for one another, God. We build a hedge. We help our brother. We prefer, prefer them in love, Lord. Yon de yon de. We don't got to have it all. I don't have to have it all, God. I can't even take it all. We can't even put everybody in one place, Lord. I'm asking that your spirit break out in every uh, city, in every state represented in America and on this line and in the uttermost parts of the earth, God. That your armies come forth that nobody ever knew their name before now. But they're going to know us, God. They know us now. They're going to know. They're going to see the hedge. They're going to feel the hedge. They're going to know the protection is there. And they're going to feel the safety to rise up and do the call of God because they know that their soldiers are behind them and beside them and protecting them. And we don't leave no man out there on their own. We don't leave a man out there to fight the war on their own, God. But we come together as one man, as one man, a perfect man, God. 
Yere yere yanda la ba sheketi yande yatara ba sheketi yande yande yande. God, you're the only one I know that would that build a uh, a make a bride an army. But that's what you did. Your bride is army, God. We are an army. You teach us how to war, God. You're a God of war. You are a God of love, but you're also a God of justice and war. You're a righteous judge. You're our defender, Lord. You're our protector. You are everything that we need, Jesus. No weapon formed against us or ever, ever prosper. And every tongue that rises up against us will be condemned. We come against strife. We come against uh, division. We come against everybody trying to get the glory for themselves. I pull you down in Jesus' name, and I command you to bow to the name of Jesus Christ. You said every knee shall bow in heaven and earth. Every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. We put our armors on, God. We put our corporate armors on, and I just encourage churches to, to have prayer, to, to have a corporate armor on to protect, to help the shepherd to protect the sheep, to help the shepherd protect the city, to help the shepherd to, to take the, the, the city to other places. I heard we opened a new restaurant. Thank you, Jesus. Life coming into the city. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We give you praise. I thank you for your young people. I thank you for your older people, God. I thank you that the former and latter rain come together, God. We thank you for your rain falling down, your presence, your glory, Jesus, that you just that we just radiate with your presence, God, and your anointing, that when we see a fellow soldier, we know that's my brother, that's my sister. That's we're one. We're one. We are one. We speak it forth in the name of Jesus. We're one. We're all part of the family of God. We're accepted in the beloved. Hallelujah. We hope you enjoyed this message from Freedom Ministries. For more information and to stay connected with us, find us on Facebook or the web at freedomministriescrossing.com.